Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Set. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Polly Campbell, and you're listening to Polly Campbell, Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And today we are talking about getting a good night's sleep. Now, this is weighing heavy on my mind because I have not been sleeping well, and it's been a while. And this is a problem that many of us have, especially women. Seems more women have problems sleeping than men, although a lot of men are struggling with this too. Almost half of us have problems sleeping through the night. And adults need seven to nine hours of sleep a night in order to maintain health and well-being. That means physically and mentally because Lack of sleep also contributes to mental health issues. We need seven to nine hours a night of quality sleep, and 35% of us are getting less than seven hours of sleep a night, according to the Sleep Foundation. When we do sleep, if we do sleep well, we dream an average of two hours a night. Haven't been dreaming because I haven't been sleeping. So I needed to figure this out a little bit. I... No, there are certain issues as we age and our bodies change, our physiology changes, and so do our sleep habits. But there's plenty we can do, too, to give ourselves a better shot of getting a good night's sleep. So that's what we're going to be talking about today here on Polly Campbell Simply Said. You know, I often research and write and talk about the things I need to learn myself or want to get better at myself or practice myself. Sleep is one of those things. And I read research the other day that said people who are early birds, who rise early, are happier and healthier. But actually knowing your chronotype is the most important thing of all, because then we can target our waking hours around the times we are most productive and manage our sleep habits to get more restful sleep. Okay, a chronotype is really a way of describing or labeling our circadian rhythms. And the circadian rhythms are our natural internal body rhythms, clocks, our internal clocks, that influence our response to daylight and darkness. You know, we all have times when we feel most energized and most excited and most alive during the hours of the day. And that's influenced by our circadian rhythms. And darkness influences our quiet times, the times when we feel 
like we're most ready for bed. When we play those rhythms, when we schedule our day and our sleep pattern around the light and darkness, we tend to do better. We tend to sleep better and feel healthier and more energized during the days. But there are three different chronotypes, and probably we'll discover more in the future as they begin to look at this more. I'm the intermediate. I, I do really well when I get up between 7 and 8, and uh, I'm really productive then between 9.30 and about 2. And then as the afternoon goes on, I start to get a little more unfocused, get a little lazier. Um, and those afternoons are usually a time to respond to emails or do household chores. That's not the time I do my writing or interviews or podcasting or any of the things that require a lot of uh, deep focus and creativity. So my creative time is, is most between most often between 10 and 2 p.m. But there's an early bird chronotype too. And these are people that naturally get up when the sun comes up easily at, you know, 5 or 6 a.m. And they tend to be most creative and most energized and alive during the early morning hours. This is my husband. He goes to work at 4.30 in the morning. And on the weekends, he'll be up easily by 6 or 6.30, and he will putter. He will get the yard work done and the chores done and and his studies, his walk with the dog, all those things in the early morning hours. But by noon, he is done with his day and he's ready for a nap, right? That would be the ideal schedule for him. My daughter, she's a teenager. She's at the opposite end. She's what they call a night owl. She can sleep till noon easily every day. When she gets up, she wakes up slowly, but by the time the afternoon hits, way into the wee hours of the morning, she's busy and engaged and social and doing those things. Now, our chronotypes do change during our lives as our bodies age, as our responsibilities change. And right now, my optimal day would probably be to sleep until I wake up between seven and eight, have a slow cup of coffee and do my morning ritual and, you know, then get to work and, and work until about one o'clock writing the book, you know, creating the podcast, whatever it is. That's not how my schedule goes most days. Most days I'm up at six because I like that quiet time in the morning. Um, and if I wait any longer, other people come into play because everybody's here all the time now in the summer. Right. So, I, uh, I try to get up early, have my quiet time, my morning ritual to ground me for the day. And it's a good time to start doing that anyhow, because uh, when my daughter goes back to school, I will have to be up really early to take her to school. Her school starts super early in the morning. So I'm slowly adjusting back to that. I had some uh, longer mornings in at the beginning of the summer, but I'm slowly adjusting back to that, waking myself up a little earlier every day. And I have to say, once I'm awake in the morning, I feel really good. I It's hard getting up. I'm groggy and, and tired. But once I'm up and I have that time to settle into the day, I feel really energized and really excited. But it's important to understand what your chronotype is, not so you can change it, although you know, we all change it throughout our lives at different times, but so that we can schedule our days in a way that is most productive. If I had a work schedule that required me right now to work at night, it'd be very difficult for me to get any quality writing done. That requires a tremendous amount of focus, and I just don't have it 
later in the afternoon. Those are the times I do the chores or I go golfing or I'm cooking dinner or listening to a podcast for recreation or learning, right? After three o'clock, I have learned now to set my schedule around the things don't require and demand so much uh, thinking and attention, right? I do those things at around 10 a.m. So what is your schedule like? What is your natural tendency? Are you a night owl? Are you an early bird? Are you like me and, and many of us intermediate do best in the middle of the day? Then pick the hardest tasks or the things that require uh, the greatest demands on your mind and body to be done during those times. Chances are you'll make fewer mistakes and you'll have an easier time getting through of them. Most of us are a blend of chronotypes, like I am the intermediate, you know, I, I can, I can do really well during the middle of the day. But once I program myself to get up earlier, I do fine too, but it takes some discipline to do that It takes more discipline than usual, when I have to challenge myself to set the alarm and get up before it goes off or around the time it does. But getting up early in the morning might have a greater effect on our happiness and well-being because research shows that rising early can improve our mood, lead to greater life satisfaction, and minimize mental health problems. There's also a link between greater well-being and older people who get up early. So if you get up early, you feel better and you're healthier. Is that true? There is some link that shows that people who get up earlier are naturally prone to be excited about the day ahead. They have something they're looking forward to. So they're already purposeful and excited, and that could be the reason they report greater life satisfaction. And we all know what they're talking about. I mean, the night before an appearance or a trip, I can hardly sleep. I'm, I'm running through everything in my mind. I'm getting really excited, and I'm bound out of bed that next day Okay, let's be honest, I never bound anywhere, but I get up easily that next day because I'm excited about what I've got going on, right? And so I naturally feel happier and satisfied on those days, no matter how much I've slept the night before. So it could be that when we get up early, when it's easier for us to be the earlier bird, it's because we have things we're looking forward to, and that might set our life satisfaction. But there is plenty of research that says when we go with our natural tendency to get up early, we do better and we feel better. So here's the deal. If we change that chronotype, if we go from a night owl to an early bird, will we reap the benefits? Yes, it sounds like we will, according to the research, because we'll tend to get a little more done during the day. And that sense of accomplishment helps us feel better, right? I don't know if it's enough to change. I think the key here is to get good sleep and to have something that you're looking forward to every day. Because I don't think the problem is all about what time we get up. It's that no matter what time we get up, most of us are feeling tired because we haven't slept the night before. Now, the Sleep Foundation refers to this as good sleep hygiene. And we've talked about sleep hygiene in an earlier episode I think this is really about treating our sleep like we would any other part of our wellness routine. 
you've heard me talk before that that I get some movement each day, whether it's exercise or house cleaning or whatever it is. I make sure I move my body each day. And I write that into my schedule because it becomes too easy not to do. I do this with my writing when I'm working on a book. I set specific time away each day just for that one project because I have other projects I'm doing too. And if I don't put it in there and save that time, it won't get done or it'll get done when I'm not at my best time, when I'm not my most creative or most focused. I don't want that to happen. When I have errands run, I schedule that. Those are things that I do not like to do. I do not like to run errands and be in the car. So I want to get it on my list so that I can get it done, give the attention it needs and be done with it. I think we need to do the same with sleep. When we're not feeling well or we need our annual exam, we schedule that with the doctor, right? We check that out. And sleep is just like our meals or our workouts or our doctor's appointment. It's got to be part of a regular uh, health regimen. It affects our mental health and our physical health. It raises our heart rate, leads to cardiovascular disease and chronic illness. But beyond that, When we don't get enough sleep, we have a hard time regulating our moods and emotions, and we have a hard time with memory and learning because all those things happen when we sleep. It's a chance for our brain to reboot, to filter through all the information we've taken from the day and decide what's relevant and important, what we need to retain and know as part of our learning and what we can release. So in that way, it's restorative for both our brain and our body, but not if we're not doing it, right? Like I've been. Okay. Here are some things that I've been learning about that I think uh, can help us get more better sleep. Now, talk to your doctor about this too. Um, There are all sorts of sleep clinics. Uh, My husband went to one and discovered he has uh, some very minor sleep apnea having that diagnosed and treated has helped immensely for his sleep. He feels a lot better during the day and he's still a napper. He still likes napping, but uh, he feels a lot better during the day and he's a lot healthier. So talk to your doctor, figure out if there's some underlying thing behind this, some physiological thing, uh, PMS, menopause can change our sleep, pregnancy can change our sleep. If we're in pain in our bodies due to some chronic condition, that can interrupt our sleep patterns. And let them help you with that. They may even prescribe a supplement like melatonin, which is part of our body's natural sleep response. And it plays into our circadian rhythms because when it gets dark outside, our body starts producing melatonin a natural occurring substance in our body, which leads to drowsiness, helps us sleep, right? So when it's light outside or our body isn't producing melatonin, then we're more alert. When you get up with the light of day and you experience that natural light, your body is going to slow its distribution of melatonin, right? At night, it's going to produce it to help you fall asleep. So One way of getting better sleep is then to have better awake patterns, right? Wake up easier. Um, So all these things relate. Here are a few things you can do uh, to get a more restorative sleep and, and to wake up ready to go. One thing is, you've heard me say it before, uh, and I did not do this last night, so it might be a reason why I'm not sleeping well, but turn off your digital devices a couple hours before bedtime. 
it's not just the blue light. It's the way the flashes and the screens and the videos and when we move from screen to screen or site to site, it's the way it stimulates our brain. It activates parts of our brain that aren't prone uh, to helping us sleep. So most nights I shift my schedule to turn off that device. I don't usually text at night after a certain time. I have it turned over. I have it near my bed because it's my alarm clock, but I don't look at it. Instead, I read a book uh, before I go to sleep, and I love that time. So that's not a hard sacrifice for me to make. Sometimes I'll use that time to connect with people on Facebook or check in with my mom on text or whatever. I never sleep as well those nights. So that's something I really try not to text after a certain hour in the day. And I'm not on my phone. And normally I'm not even watching TV. Okay. Um, also, when I go to sleep, I have some habits that are research-based that get me excited for the next day. So not only do they help me calm down and get a more restful sleep, but they help me wake up. And I think all of this is related. One of them is called tomorrow optimism. That is, when I turn off the light and I'm laying there in my bed um, and letting myself relax, I think of something I'm really excited about tomorrow. Now, Sometimes this can have a twofold effect. Sometimes it can get me fired up and it's so excited that I can't sleep. So you have to watch it here. But normally it just makes me really excited for the day ahead. And it leaves me with a good feeling about my life and what I'm creating and makes it much easier to get up in the morning. Tomorrow optimism is the focus on our future self. What is one thing we are looking forward to tomorrow? Now, if you can't come up with anything, that's a good awareness, right? That you need to start adding some things into your day that are feeling satisfying and meaningful and fun for you. For me, this can be anything from I get to start a new book. Last night, that was it. I finished a book and I was thinking about the new book I got to start today. That was enough tomorrow optimism. Uh, I'm coming up on vacation in a bit and I'm thinking about that. That's something to look forward to. But I always try to focus on one thing I'm looking forward to tomorrow, meeting with a friend or a new book to start or a good cup of coffee in the morning or a golf game with my husband or whatever it is for you, right? Seeing a, a family member that you enjoy. So find that one thing you're looking forward to. And then after your tomorrow optimism, as you're drifting off, Think about something you're grateful for today. Now, I have a whole list that I run through, and I do this throughout the day, but gratitude is a huge way to disengage our fight-or-flight response, to disengage that stressful mind, the one that ruminates and keeps us awake at night when we're stewing about problems and all those things. We don't need that. In fact, it's better if we're not pondering our problems at night because our unconscious mind, our sleepy mind, will go through those things and work on them and help alert us the next morning. It will solve those problems when we let it go instead of micromanaging, right? So good things can come from that sleepy mind. Let it go. And the best way to do that for me is by giving thanks for what I have. No matter the biggest challenges we face, there's always something to appreciate and be grateful for. Your heartbeat, right? The bed you're laying in. The... Uh, the person next to you, the fact that the sun comes up every day without us even needing to do anything. So find those things. Find one thing to look forward to tomorrow. Give some thought to it. And then 
end up falling asleep to the things you're grateful for today. It'll help your mind relax and actually work on the day ahead and, and take some of that rumination and worry out of your system. Another thing I do as part of my waking up pattern is a morning ritual. Uh, I meditate, I write my morning pages, I have a strong cup of coffee and I really mindfully drink that and enjoy that. Whatever it is for you that helps you get started in the morning, it's worthwhile to have three or five things you start each day with, a gratitude exercise or a prayer or a walk around the neighborhood. Something, several things, long and short, that you do mindfully as a way to prime your body for the day ahead. People who do this tend to get more done, but they also feel better about what you're doing. And to me, that's what this is all about. You know, we can push through and be productive and find a way to get our stuff done. We're grownups, right? We get our shit done. But I want us to feel good while we're doing it. I don't want to feel tired and sluggy and mopey and burned out. So a morning ritual has been a real way to keep me from feeling burned out and really to engage with the day that I'm going into. And as a part of helping myself wake up, particularly during the summer months and spring months in in Oregon, I go outside or I'll sit in a sunny spot in my house as the sun comes up so that I can feel the heat, like a cat, right? Like I find that warm spot, but I expose myself to the natural light to help me wake up, to, again, influence those circadian rhythms. That natural light suppresses the production of melatonin and helps me wake up easier. Plus, it's just beautiful to be out in a warm summer morning, have your coffee on the deck, or do whatever that is for you. Take in the view and, and most importantly, be exposed to the natural light. You can even do this by sitting in a sunny window, which I love to do. Will it change my chronotype and make me an early bird riser? I don't know. Maybe I go through different stages, as I said. And will I get the benefits? I mean, do we benefit from getting up earlier, even if we have to force ourselves to do it? Well, I think being excited about the day ahead is probably going to offer us the greatest benefit. And the way we do that then is to take care of our sleep patterns, take care of our waking up patterns, and find ways to enjoy what we're doing in the day. So turn off your devices, set a sleep schedule, have the same sleep ritual every night, just like you have a morning ritual. I go to bed about the same time. I have the same brushing teeth, washing face process. I get in bed, I read, and then I let myself go to sleep with the practice of tomorrow optimism and gratitude. And I think if I start doing this more conscientiously again, that I'll begin to sleep better because this is the process I've used before and it's really worked for me. Anyhow, I'll let you know, right? I'll be back every Tuesday and I'll fill you in. If I'm tired, we'll go back to this and look at more of the research. But mostly, if we get up and start our day from a place of excitement and high energy, then we will feel better and healthier and create greater well-being. And understanding our chronotype, our natural patterns is really essential to feeling good about the day we're creating. So whether you're an early bird or a night owl or somewhere in between, think about that today. Simply start today by identifying your chronotype. And I write about this more on psychology today. 
uh, my blog there, Imperfect Spirituality. You can go to their website, psychologytoday.com, and check out my blog there, Imperfect Spirituality. And that's a Simply Nifty for today because I think if you go to the psychology.com website, there are tons of different blogs, all kinds of information. It's really a fascinating read about how we can really optimize this life we get to live. And that's what we're all about here on Polly Campbell Simply Said. You can find more of my blogs and the rest of my work in my newest book, You Recharge at PollyCampbell.com. And You Recharge is really about how we can use our natural tendencies and add in the good stuff into our day so that we can get unstuck and feel more energized and live with greater vitality. And that's what this is all about because when we do that, we feel good. And I think time is too short to feel anything but good, right? Little tweaks here and there in our sleeping schedule and awake schedule, understanding your chronotype, your natural tendencies to help you live more satisfied and be more productive. I think it's worth checking out. So simply start today by taking a look at your sleep schedule and the times of the day when you're most productive and then fit the important things around that schedule, the things you need to get done, boost your most productive time. And I think you'll feel more aligned. I'm hoping so. Anyhow, it's working for me. I hope it does for you. And thanks for tuning in today. Again, you can find me and my book at polycampbell.com. And I really believe when we become more aware and conscientious about our sleep patterns and how to get a better night's sleep, that it will infuse us with all good stuff because sleep is so important, not only to how we move through the world, but how we feel about the life we're living. When we do take care to get better sleep, we will all live well, do good, and be happy. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Acid Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Electric Acid.